Behind every song is a voice, and every voice is a story. The journeys behind the voices brings life to the music that shapes each of us. Brought to you by Visible Music College and in partnership with the largest online Christian music site new release today, this is Behind the Tunes, and I am your host, Austin Black. Together, we will explore those journeys, the journeys behind the artists that shape the landscape of today's music. We're here today with Alex Henry Foster of alexhenryfoster.com. Alex, thanks so much for being here today, man. Oh, my pleasure. Now, Very happy. Yeah. Now, listen, I was reading up on your story a little bit before I interviewed today, and so walk me through this a little bit. Did You grew up in Montreal, Quebec. Is that correct? True. True. All right, and now, but you told me a moment ago as we were getting ready to get started, you are in Virginia. How in the world did you get from <laughs> Montreal, Quebec, to Virginia here in these United States? Well, you know what? It's even it's even more interest, interesting than that. I moved from Montreal, then after that, I moved to Tangier in Morocco, where I lived for two years, okay. and then I I I I moved to Virginia. So, so I guess I'm just following the good weather and the good people, right? <laughs> so. Because just like I was telling you, right now, Montreal, this is Canada in the winter. This is so brutal. But I really fell in love with the place here. And after I was to, after living in, in, in Tangier, and, and I was looking for a place because Montreal, for me, I was living, I was living in a community. And, and that was awesome. Something that, that was very rich in all sorts of uh, experiences and exchanges and communion. That was awesome. But as I went through a lot of personal issues with my following my dad's passing and everything, then I moved to Tangier when, when I, I was supposed to, to live like maybe like three weeks to write a new record for that band that I was in. And it, it turns out to be like two years. So, and then after that, when it was, my time was up, then I was looking for a place and I just fell in love. I was Virginia was a place where it's like some kind of three seasons, which I love, and a lot of nature. I'm living. I'm very blessed because I'm living. I, I'm basically like on top of a of a mountain, surrounded oh. by uh, the Blue Ridge Forest. It's, it's just amazing. So it's just a complete different vibe. Complete different vibe from living in a studio basically to living in a desert and then coming here. So. <laughs> So I would say full circle, but it's actually a triangle, so That's I don't right. know how to put it. But <laughs> Well, I did want to ask you this, is, is I know you your father passed away in, in 2016, yeah. um, which has really sent you on the journey that you're on now and really we're sharing along with you, um, yeah. which is which is one of the gifts of music. Um, and so we're, we're grateful to get, to get to go along on the journeys with mm-hmm. those that are on them. Mm-hmm. Why Morocco? Like, like why why? Montreal, Quebec to Tanger, Morocco. <laughs> yeah, the, actually, what's very, very strange about it is that it wasn't necessarily something that I was actually planning. It's because we were just coming back from like touring, and because with the other band I was in, 
which was called Your Favorite Enemies. So we were doing that for, we, we did that for about 10 years or so, and we were constantly on the road. We traveled everywhere. So, and when, when, when it was time for me to, to really um, dwell into those emotions, to, to mourn my father, and which took some time way, way after he passed, because we kept touring and we kept doing so many things. And I was just trying to, you know, to, to deny those emotions in order to keep going with my life, which was very, very strange in so many ways. And so we were at the end of that cycle where we had like a very um, successful record. And then it was time we toured a lot. And then it was time for us to, okay, well, let's, we need to regroup and to, you know, dream it all over again. So, so, my idea was for me to to take some time off just to to write or to have some guidelines for the next record and the only one of the only plays that i never that that i never experienced was in an arabic country and i was there was like a fascination for tangerat from the very beginning because there was so many good writers that went there so many painters and i'm really into art and and that type of um uh literature and so it was very, it was very instinctive. So we went, I went with the, the, the other members of the band and we did like a three weeks all over Morocco. And we went back after to, to Canada. And then slowly I realized that my, what I needed wasn't another record, but it was to take time to really address those feelings that I was, that I kept pushing back and that I didn't want to look into it. And so, and I became so good as, um, at denying those emotions that at one, at one point you, you, you kind of feel like you, you don't have to look into anything anymore, but you don't feel nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, that was the beginning after my dad um, passed, you know, one, one thing that really um, struck me was I was, I was, we, we were in Taiwan. We were at, we were at lining a festival and four days after my dad passed and I was like in front of 90,000 people and I felt like it was so unhealthy emotionally to do that. And, and, but I kept, I kept on going and going and going and, and, and you just realize that you, you don't feel anything anymore, but you keep going because this is, this is the perfect way to feel like you're still alive and you keep going and you're active, but you're actually, you're just like moving. You're not, you're, you're not in motion because everything inside is just like, it's complete, completely uh, numb. And then after that, I said, well, okay, after a few years of that, and I said, well, I, I, can, I can do it anymore. I really need to take some time for myself and to look into it. And I think I, Tanger became for me a place where I didn't know any, I was like, no friends, because anywhere else in the world, I would have, I would have been able to go and have a coffee with someone, mm. but ex- except in Morocco. And so I went back there, I went back and I just like, okay, that was time for me to, to look into it. And that was, that, that's very difficult because when you're used to be always with people, you know, from living in a community, there's a lot of people, a lot of activities, there's so many things going on, so much life and, or being on the road with, with your band and the crew. And so you're always surrounded with so many people. It's very, very easy to kind of look the other way when it's time to look within, but being alone in danger was very very tough at the beginning because so i wasn't able to hide myself in the noise no more 
So the only noise that was there was my, my own, um, my own struggles to say, well, okay, it's time for me to, to decide, should I keep going like that and keep denying and then suddenly just becoming that persona and, and, and that I'm just trying to be in order not to, to, to look into it or am I taking a leap of faith and diving into it, not knowing how deep it is, if I'll be able to come back and who will come back. So yeah. that was, that was a real struggle for me that lasted for a long time. And I had, I didn't realize I was like, I had so much bitterness inside, so much regrets, so many things that were there that, that, that you don't necessarily show to others because nobody wants to be exposed with that kind of, you don't want to expose that side of yourself and you want to keep that very secret, but that's really what was going on. So I kept on, I, I kept on writing and writing and writing and through all those words of paradox and nonsense, probably that was very, the clear image I was finally, finally able to see was who I became at that point. And it wasn't very nice to look at. So that, that was a bit of my transition, I would say. You know, listen to, listening to you tell that story and, and really saying, you know, I had to go, in essence, to complete isolation, which is the last thing any of us ever want to do on our own. Uh, but to hear you say what was born out of that um, was, in essence, you know, healing and in mm-hmm. a new birth— it makes sure. you wonder, and, and just hearing your story, of how many people do we see walking around that never take the time to do that? Yeah, it's true, because it's... it's and I think... I, w- I guess I was very lucky, because I've got very good people around me, good friends, who kept telling me, you know, you should stop, Alex. And, you know, you're, you're, it's clear that you're not doing good. It's unhealthy for you to keep going. And I kept on pretending that everything was fine, that, oh, you know, I'm just tired. And, you know, you've got all those um, excuses that are, that are, you know, that fits all, you know. And, and I think that, that because I felt that all my friends were supporting me to go in that direction, that I've been able to, to, to actually give it a try. Because the perfect alibi I had was like, oh, I cannot, I cannot stop because if I do, then all my friends with whom I, I, I build this amazing story from nothing except from, you know, our friendship would be put on hold and that would be very detrimental for them. So that was like the good guy complex saying like, oh yeah, you know, I cannot, I would love to stop and look into it, but guys, come on. I, if I, if I leave, I mean, you know, it's like, I'm, I don't want to abandon you, mm. which was like, a, that, not that it wasn't true, but that was the perfect, that was the perfect excuse for me not to, because I was like very scared to, to, to look into it and to discover what was there. Even I had an idea, but I didn't know how far I kind of drifted emotionally. And that's something that you don't talk much in, you know, and and it's not a subject. Mental health is not a subject that it's very, um, um, it's not something that it's either preached about, talked about, Or really like um, it's it's a bit of a taboo as well, you know, because there's so many approach to it. 
but at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're with someone who's really struggling and who's like completely either dead or desperate or just like some kind of in suspension and there's nothing going on inside. So this is where, that's where I was. And as much as I, I wanted to deny that, it was, it, it was so obvious. Even the friends that I, that I made over there, that's what it told me. They said, well, when, when we saw you first, you know, you were kind of, kind of, there was like, like a, like a shadow behind your eyes. You, you looked so, um, so sad. So that was, you know, <laughs> even though I was trying my best to fake my way through. You know, <laughs> Everybody knew it. You're just like, what do you mean? <laughs> you, you don't know me. You don't know me. <laughs> uh, again, we're here with Alex Henry Foster of Alex Henry Foster. Dot com. Alex, let's go back to the beginning a little bit. What first got you yeah. into music? Oh, music always been part of my life as far as I remember. It's a wonderful gift that my parents um, offered me because I'm coming from a very humble background and that was very, I always lived on the wrong side of the track. Hmm. And so that was very difficult. But I think that my parents never wanted me to 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 be, um, how can I say, to, to be defined by that kind mm. of environment that I was in. So the way they were approaching that, because obviously I wasn't able to travel, I wasn't able to, to you know, to, to discover much because it, they had just enough to, to, to feed the family and to, you know, to, to make it somehow functional. So, but the way they were, the way they approached it, which was absolutely brilliant in my opinion, was that music was a big part of it. Uh, books was a big part of it. So then it was about imagination. It was always about, you know, tra traveling without having to, to leave my little, my little apartment. And that was something that my, my parents really, really um, emphasized in my, in my life. They really, they really uh, encouraged that in, in an amazing way. So then I never felt like I, I was, um, that was, there was something missing. I never felt like I was someone who was poor. I never, I never felt like I was someone who was ostracized because of his parents' financial situation. In the contrary, I had so many stories in my head, so many things, and, and, and that was something that allowed me to, to go way beyond myself and to realize that the only, um, the only walls are those that you're, 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 you're building yourself into. Mm. So that's, that's really what my parents gave me. So, so through my, my, with my dad, it was like all, he was really into like Zeppelin and those, that kind of band. And my mother was more into rock and roll. So the time, the, the wonderful times that I had with my, my father was when it was like opening his like box of like records and vinyls and you know it was like a mystery box for me and just discovering the music i was like just beside him and 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 listening to music even though we weren't talking but just that moment was precious for me and on the other hand with my mother it was like saturday morning rock and roll dancing in 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 in, in the living room so that's that's why it was really alive and so music always been there what I needed it when, when that was something that was very uh, fundamental for me 
uh, even more than 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 literature, even though I, I really like I really like it. But it was something that was that w- that was transcending um, what I was going through, mm. and that and and to this day, that's something that I I, I wouldn't be able to live without, you know, no, no matter what. Going here with Alex Henry Foster. Um, so you know you. you or I guess given the gift of music through your parents and, and they're sharing sure. their different backgrounds and things like that, you know, what was your road like to being just a young child, discovering music, uh, sharing it with your parents, to being in a band that's literally touring all over the world? Yeah, I think that the first time I saw a live band was my one of my best friends, his brother, his older brother, was like rehearsing with his band and they were very good but yeah, i didn't i didn't know much of like i knew what my parents were into i didn't know much about you know punk rock or new wave and alternative music so it was very i, I was really into the you know the the fundamentals of things so when i saw that band rehearse and they were jamming and they were like doing covers of all the bands that i that i finally liked and I was so amazed by the power of music. And this is, and then suddenly that good, good friend of mine was becoming my best friend. And, and I was completely, it was so awful. I was using him only to, to be able to go and, and, and attend those rehearse, <laughs> those rehearsings. So rehearsals. So for me, that really was the moment where music became more than a record that you're you need to sit and listen then it was something that was real that was that was accessible i was able to touch it in a way and then after that going to see local concerts and everything in montreal always been very very rich in 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 all sorts of local talents or um international acts that were actually stopping by montreal and so that's really slowly like that, met some friends. I was like in university and, and one of the guy was my intern was a guitar player. And then we started, you know, to, to play. That was a bit more serious than what I had in, 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 in high school. So that was a way for me to use the music to, to be able to, to do social work because I wasn't into social work at the time. And we were working and, and, and serving, um, very difficult and violent uh, communities. So the way the way we were able to approach those um, situations and those realities was through music, and that really opened all the doors for us. So we were able to connect with with kids, we were able to connect with, with with parents, and we were able to integrate communities that we wouldn't have been able to otherwise. So music was not only powerful for me, I realized that it was something that was um, uh, a tool that could gather people as well, that can be, that could, um, you can reconcile people through music, heal through music. And there was a lot of things that I was discovering and slowly um, that became very serious. And and we've been very lucky in a way because everything went, when, when, very fast after that when when we all gathered and and then it became a bit more serious and then we were you know we did like i think two concerts and then after that we were on tour uh uh, 
in a tour bus in Europe, even though we, we, we didn't know our songs much. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> That's our secret, man. That's our secret right here. Yeah. I can, I can highlight, I'll, I'll receive some messages to say, well, you know what? I paid 20, 20 euros to see you guys. I want my money back. Say <laughs> like too late. That money's spent. They're on their own. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Alex. Yeah, I'm going to give you. No, I'm no, going to give like the other guy's address. Oh, you should go that's, to go with. Yeah, reach those guys. Uh, that's right. That's, that's between you and them. I'm out. I'm out of yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm safe. I feel safe right now. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> We're with Alex Henry Foster. Alex, do you remember the first album you bought with your own money? Yes. It was actually, I did, I, I bought um, The Cure, Standing on a Beach, um, which was a single collection and the clash. Uh, I think it was London calling. All right. So that those two at the same time. And yeah. So, and it was very funny because I had a, a pretty decent um, vinyl collection at the time. And, 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 and my dad became a Christian between right in the middle of it. And, mm. and my dad, <laughs> was really, really into it. And he wasn't really into what I was into it. <laughs> so, so his, his, his best interpretation of connecting with his uh, rebellious teenager son was that one day after school, I would come back to my room to only to realize that all my records were gone. All, every, all the CDs were gone. And I had like a Bible on my desk. Oh, wow. So, I, I never asked for that kind of trade, right? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, hmm. so obviously I was very mature at the time. Right. I took it very well. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you did. I'm yeah. sure you did. So, so if 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 it could, if, if if I can give a bit of an advice to any parents around, so this is that might not be the perfect way to connect, you know. So you can just, just, you know, just leave the vinyls, take the CDs. It's okay. But leave the vinyls, you know, just give, give, just, just, just give, let, let some around. (laughs) So yeah, so that was crazy. And then that was, that was, so then music was something that, that became, um, for me at the time that became really, um, a, a way to, uh, define myself as well, because, Especially with my with my dad, that suddenly like went from being like a completely a, com- a complete you know how can I put that nicely? But my dad was completely lust and he was completely like alcoholic, and then suddenly came back and uh, after supposedly having a walk, and 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 then he discovered like Jesus, and and we don't you need to understand that in Montreal we we don't have that you know that that. Um, that spiritual background, I would say. Mm. So that was very, that was kind of weird. So he came back and, and, and so because I was very proud of him being like transformed, I made sure that, you know, I would, I would test his, his new found patience and his new found like, you know, cool and peace. So, but that, and, and trust me, I was very good at it, but, That's but actually he won at the end. So I'll give it, I'll give it to him. He won there you in go. so many ways because that's, that's the thing, you know? And, and I think that that's why to, to kind of go back to Morocco and 
and the music and, and what it meant and what it means now it's after my dad passed so that was very that was that was strange for me because <clears throat> you know you have to you need to 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 look at yourself as okay an adult somehow when that, that at least that's how i i felt it when 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 he left and and that, that there was a, also a very intense emotional uh dimension to it because my dad was so joyful he was so into it was you know and and it it i never saw someone and i probably never saw him being so happy before uh than when he was on his deathbed and it was very it was for me i it, that was weird and even though i understood everything and, and and i was able to to put that into you know a, a more um comprehensive uh perspective but for me it was like that was very devastating and i kept asking him so many questions about where we were from and what you know i needed some answers that he never actually gave me before and i thought that that moment would be the perfect occasion for us to connect one last time and and he kept being very um he didn't want to talk about that which i understand now but that was very frustrating for me because i needed those answers for me as as a young man that that was suddenly facing his own uh mortality through um his father's passing basically and i understood that one of the last thing he told me was you need to leave the past behind and i think i realized that it's not that he didn't want to give me all the answers that i that i that i was looking for but it it for him it was really not necessary for me to 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 think about that and, and it was just like create a life of your own you need to keep going and that was a very intense conversation that we had that for me at the time i wasn't able to to really understand because i was i was struggling it was very difficult even though i w- i had like a lot of success but inside that I, i just felt empty and i was very tired and i was i was really in a bad place in my life and i felt at the time like it, that it, i didn't understand why what he didn't want to give it to me what i what i felt like i was um i needed and it's very in morocco when i started to 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 muse about it and to really uh, reflect about about it about my life but also about my father's life and our relationships that i realized that that was the gift that he gave me to tell me look i i can tell you all those stories but it won't do you first it won't do you any good mm-hmm. and also it, now it's time for you to embrace your life because he told me he said you never had you you you, ne- you, you were never scared of dying alex but you always been scared of living to the fullest mm-hmm. and that was very intense just like what do you know <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> you don't know me <laughs> so so that was intense and 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 he was right he was he was really on the money and 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 that was something that was difficult to take and to to acknowledge and to realize so when 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 i got back to music i think it it, it really um those very last moments kind of shaped the the new adventure i was about to 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 go on 
and 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 to 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 embark. So that was the. It's it's very because it's so emotional and it's very difficult to to kind of to grasp that. You know, now I'm talking about it and and it, it all makes sense and I and and I hope that I'm that it makes sense when I'm talking about it. But oh, for sure. It, when you're in the middle of it, you're, 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 there's so many things that you need, you feel or, or that you need to comprehend to keep going, but it's really about the let go. And, and that for me was very, very, very difficult. And I realized that I was, I was just stuck and I, I, I was like paralyzed inside. I, w- I was scared of, of, to keep going. I was like going through so many things. And then it, when, I, when I started to let go of all those things and to, to forgive and to ask forgiveness, then slowly the desire to go back to music came, slowly. Because I, for me, it, it was pretty much over. I didn't want to go back in there to, 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 to wear that uniform again every night. And I was just like sick and tired of it. And, and as much as it could be like, oh, wow, you know, the rock and roll lifestyle is awesome and for some, I, yeah, it, it is, but it's it's not for everybody, you know. When and and when when I say that, I, I'm I'm talking about like um, about the emotion, the emotional part of it, because it's fun. You're with your friends. You're doing music. I mean, that's you know, you're you just won the lottery, and mm-hmm. you're 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 going from Loserville to you know all the coolest plays, the coolest. The, you know, meeting so many cool people, but you, you kind of forget about what's inside and, 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 and less attention you put to all those emotions and what you, sh- you should be uh, nurturing inside. So it, it, it kind of fades away a little until you go back to it. And, and that's really what helped me in, in, a, in, in an amazing way, just to get back on my feet and said, okay, well, slowly... Because at, at the beginning, I didn't want, when I released, I did like a first record um, called Windows in the Sky. And I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to to release it. It was very, very personal, very intimate about my dad's relation, my, the relationship that I had with my dad is, past, is passing and everything. So it was very, very personal. And, and the, way, the way I approached that record was um, in a complete free um kind of environment, creative environment. So there was no, you know, there was no plan. There was no, yeah, there, it was very personal. And, and, and from that point on, I think it, I was very, um, it, it was liberating at every level. So. Again, we're here with Alex Henry Foster of Alex Henry Foster dot com alex this is kind of a fun question here if you could open up for anybody anybody dead or alive oh that's the question who would you choose <laughs> oh hmm. i think it would be just from the top of my head i think it would be david bowie all right i think yeah i think i think especially I don't know. I think that he went through so many things and at the end of his life, he kind of, kind of, I don't know, he kind of found something or felt something. So I, I would be very intrigued to talk about him from being very, from being nothing to being like at the top of the world and, and, and to 
at the end of it, when there's nothing left that truly matter except for, you know, what that that all the elements that you can keep with you, you know, you cannot, you're, you're, you won't leave with all the money and the trophies and everything and, and all the fame and the fans. And, and, and so then it's only you looking at yourself and, and understanding your own uh, mortality and your, your body of work will remain eternal, but you as a person, then you have a different perspective. And so I would, that's something that I would, more than the music, that's something that I would, that I would have, yeah, that I would love to talk with about mm -hmm. with yeah. him. I would say. Yeah, for sure. Uh, do you remember the first song you ever wrote? Hmm. Yeah, I think I was. I, I was in. Um, I, I, I was in high school, and I don't know if the lyrics are suited for general public, <laughs> but that that, <laughs> that that was clearly addressed to someone who took all my CDs and vinyls. <laughs> <laughs> We've come full circle. We've come full exactly. circle. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So. Well, well, I'm sure you've, uh, I guess, uh, grown in your songwriting process a little bit to this day. What, well, what about now? Yeah. What's your songwriting process like? It's very, um, it's very intuitive. It's very based on intuition because for me, I would start with the, for, for like from the beginning to the end of a song, the, the process might differ but it would be having like a title which is like a general idea about something that i will be very very obsessed about and then slowly i will start digging into the lyrics and then music will come after the music will come to serve the lyrics rather than trying to fit lyrics and a cool melody to to go along the music and and for the music it's very very um the way I'm doing it now, it's very open. So there's a lot of impros, and so it's it's very free. It's nothing that I'm I'm not thinking about. Well, I need to do like a middle eight. I need to do okay. The yeah. chorus needs to come back, and so that's that's something that I did so many times before with the other band, and which was great. And 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 I guess that's why back then I was being played in the radio because now my songs are like 15 minutes long and it's not very, <laughs> and that's, and that's the single version. <laughs> oh, so, now it's it. very, so now it's very different. It, it, it's very alive. It, it, it's, you know, it's, it's a motion of life rather than just trying to make things work and to, to make it, um, to make it real but you know, you, you know that you're in some kind of a formula. Right now, there's no formula anymore. This is, and it's it's very liberating for me as an artist mm -hmm. because I don't I don't really care about all those things no more when I'm writing. And it doesn't mean that I cannot pick like an acoustic guitar and, and do like, you know, a three minute song. It, it doesn't have anything to do with that. And that's why, contrary to what I what I experienced before, now it's it's you have a real sense of freedom. And, and you're not um, you're not stuck anywhere. You can go wherever you want, and, and that's very very powerful of an idea, mm. or at least of a, a place to start from. So then you can you can you can evolve, and that's why when you know even live, for me, you can come and 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 and, and watch me out for. 20 gigs in a row and, and uh, I can play the same set list and you'll never feel like I'm playing the same songs ever again. Mm. So 
So that's, that's something. It's always evolving. It needs to be in the midst of the moment because that's the big difference between the first record that I did. It was very um, um, spontaneous. There was no kind of structure. And I was still in the morning process. It's very intimate, very personal. Rather than my next record, which is a live version of that same record, but twice as long because it's, it's, it's a celebration of life. It's something else. It's discovering the same songs from different angles to realize that words have different meanings depending on where you are in your life because you're allowing those songs to evolve at the same, t at the same pace maybe as you are or to personally evolve through those songs as they go. And I think that's very interesting for me as an artist, but also as, as a person to realize that because, and that's something that I exper first experienced in China, actually, when I was with the other band and we were touring in China. And because the, con the, the, the context was, you know, usually you understand the, the concept of what time are we supposed to be on and until when should we, you know, we have to play. But in China at the time, it wasn't like that. It was like, oh, so what time should we go on? And so, oh, whenever you feel it. Okay. So that's a pretty, that's a big that's a pretty large window, you know. That's a, okay. And then, so again, so how long should we play? Oh, you're playing until you're you're tired. Oh. <laughs> so, well, I'm exhausted now. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Just I'm like, oh, okay. What about taking yeah, What about taking the um, my pay now and just leaving? That's right. No, no, no. And but that was so cool for us because we, we, we were able to experiment music in a different way. So it, it wasn't about like playing as much songs as possible in, in, in that amount of time. It was really about exploring those songs and then creating moments as, you, as, as we were witnessing the people in the crowd, how they were reacting. So then there was a real connection, a real motion that was taking place that was based on the communion that we were able to live with the public and, and, and the audience. And, and that's something that kept, um, that I kept in my music uh, ever after, and especially as a solo act, because, you know, where I'm from is very experimental music, um, very um, uh, different kinds, you know, that you, you can have like a song of, of different noises for 20 minutes and Mia would be like, wow, you know, that's awesome. When all my friends would be like, you know, this is, well, we have different words for that, but it's not suited for the radio. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but it's opening your, it, your, 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 your imagination and, and your mind to something else. So that, that's why for me, it's, it's, it's just that, that freedom of creation based on the uh, the connection to your emotions at any given moment so that that's incredible because you can you can connect with people in such a way that it's it's just phenomenal it's not about yourself it's about the moment it's not about your songs it's about the time that you have with the people it's not about them looking at you it's about us being one in the same motion so that's very sometimes it's awesome and and and, and 
from other times when you're trying to force yourself into it into like trying to create a moment then you're going to ruin everything but when you're just allowing yourself to be in to be touched to feel just to be within the moment rather than trying to to entertain people so then it's a complete different mindset it's a complete different game because you're not the it's not about entertainment no more it's about a moment it's about that communion and when when everything is aligned and you're able to live that with people it's just like it's phenomenal even though sometimes you're just like well it wasn't my best gig in terms of like the way it was executed but you realize that it was perfect in its essence because this is exactly what the moment was about and you were serving that moment you were serving this, those emotions rather than serving yourself first and then hoping that people will get what you what you want to give them so that's that's really the mentality that i have that's how i'm writing that's how i'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm connecting with people may maybe live or whatever that's really what it's all about it's no longer about myself like it was before mm-hmm. when you know look you know we're cool and you know we got we're, we should be very good. Look, we've got the right haircut, you know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Again, we're here with Alex Henry Foster. Get ready to wrap up. Alex, you mentioned this a moment ago. You do have a new record coming out April the 16th, mm-hmm. uh, Standing Under Bright Lights. Uh, it's also a film uh, of yep. a live uh, show that you guys put on. Why a live record? Why a live film? Oh, but actually, that's the first that's the first concert we we uh, we ever played um, together. Wow. Because like I said, I was releasing the record. And, and I, at first, I think I just wanted to put the record out and say, OK, well, to feel just at peace with it. And, you know, I, I but with when when I, I kept being asked to go back on the road, because with the other when people get to to when they when they figured out. I, I was still putting music out and, and then people got very excited because, you know, I, w- I was in a band where I was jumping from the second floor balcony. It was just like becoming crazier and crazier and people maybe weren't coming that much at the end for the music than to see the guy killing himself every night, which was me. And um, I survived. Um, spoiler alert. I'm alive. I survived. <laughs> and <laughs> Just in case you were wondering, <laughs> and um, so yeah, so when and it was supposed to be a one-off thing. I think it was a way to honor my father um, with his friends. I play playing in Montreal, hometown, and inviting people. So and it became really something very um, singular for me because you know uh, we were that was crazy. I was able to do whatever I wanted. The organizer was super cool and. And they really let me do whatever I want. I wanted, and and everything we went through that night was fantastic. It was it, again. It was liberating. I was able to to make peace with so many emotions because at the end at the end of my my journey with the other band, I was just like fed up of everything. It was you know, it, it, it was I, I didn't like I didn't like it at the end. I was just like tired and. And, and so that was the last impression I had about being live. And, and suddenly I was there, I was playing music and it, it was the music doing the talking rather than me jumping everywhere. And so it, it was 
so pure of an emotion. It was so um, um, it. I was there for something else, and 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 through that motion, I received so much that I wasn't able to 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 really understand at that point. And it wasn't from the people, or even though it was a fantastic. I mean, we're eleven on stage, and it's crazy and <laughs> you know i wanted to go you know very i wanted to be very um humble for that show you know just like okay well what about like a whole a full orchestra and uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's right man hey go big or go home right go big oh, yeah, or go exactly, home exactly i mean that was the only show so i put like a whole year of production concerts in that very same moment so that was the deal and um <laughs> but but that was very cool and i felt so many those emotions allowed me to, to be set free on so many different levels. And I, I wasn't look, looking to, to release the record. I wasn't, it wasn't like something that it wasn't in, in, in my plans because especially at the time it was a one-off concert and it was more, to, it was filmed for the festival. And that was something, that was something that was completely out of my, my, mind you know it wasn't something that it was not it didn't have anything to do with ambition and 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 and, and just feeling cool and, and having like different projects coming up and it's when people starting after when i kept doing some 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 moments like that i went to germany after and after i went to we had like an encore in montreal because the first show was sold out so i had like little moments like this played three three nights in new york and then I had an opportunity to go back on the road for in Europe. And, and for me, that was the moment where I said, okay, if it's to be um, what's coming up, I need to, I need to make, I need to be sure. I need to be certain that all those emotions will, will remain vivid, that I didn't want to play this, those songs over and over and over again. And then they're gone because they're, they're just like becoming entertainments mm. and, 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 especially because those songs were so intimate and so personal. But at the same time, I felt like I needed to, to go and to uh, validate um, what those feelings were telling me from one concert to another, the, only, the few concerts I did in, in those places before. So when, I, so when I, I hit the road, it was very fantastic meeting the people. I had so many human stories, just so connections. And then people started to, they knew that um, some bootlegs were slowly uh, getting out of that concert. And, and people were asking, oh, is it possible? It looks like there is something special that you did for your father. It was, and, and because it was, it was so, it was remote from all the gimmicks, you know, all the rock and roll gimmicks. It, it, it was about the music and and people wanted to to have that taste. They wanted to they wanted to feel it. So when we realized that the pandemic would keep going, and people were really we were connecting and we were sharing with people on very uh, personal levels, and people were uh, really eager to to yeah to express some emotion. So we decided to finally to to release it, and which will come also with a book that I'm working on that will come later on. 
And uh, so that's that's really how it went. Everything was, you know, was very, very um, uh, spontaneous. It wasn't something like, oh, let's we're in the middle of nothing. And then let's put like a live record because, you know, that's something that we need to do. That was completely it. it the context wasn't even part of the decision. It was only like based on the relationship that I have with the people and people were really eager to, to listen to it and to, and to watch the movie and just to say, well, what, what was it? So that, that was really the idea behind it. And, and I'm very happy because I never, I, I never looked back at it and I never really thought about it for a long time. And when, when I, when I had to, to go back and, and to, to look at that concert, and I uh, really, you can see that I'm still in the middle of being transformed as a little bit, it's difficult to explain, but you can see that I'm in a very vulnerable place, mm-hmm. very, uh, I'm, I'm not, um, you know, when, when, when you know that everything can collapse at any time, you know, you, you, it's, it's very delicate. Even though the music was very intense and were so many people, and, but you can perceive that it was delicate because it was honest and it was pure. It wasn't about entertainment. It was really about the moment. And from that very little, that very tiny seed of life, I've been able to grow back to enjoying it. Like I told you before, I was never doing interviews. I hated it. There was like so many things that I never, that I never fully appreciated like I, I should have had for that decade long of amazing time that I had with the other band. And just to go back now through that transformative time, I think that it's very, it's very good for me because I'm, I appreciate uh, it's fun. It's, you know, I don't feel any kind of pressure because I'm not selling anything. I'm just sharing a story. I'm just connecting with people. So I don't have that pressure. And maybe I never, I, there wasn't pressure anymore uh, before, but I was putting myself in, 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 in a miserable box and, and it needed to, to, to hurt. But now it, it's, it's different. I can talk about very difficult subject, but I don't feel like I need to, to, to hurt myself and to, um, to go through that misery to be able to connect with other people, which is the big difference, I think. So that's why the record makes so much sense from its initial incarnation of pure grief, mourning, intimate to a celebration of life. And from that celebration, there's a transformation that goes on. So that's awesome. Mm. Again, wrapping up here with Alex Henry Foster here on Behind the Tunes. Alex, I love to end with a little rapid fire. You got your game face on? Um, yeah, I, I'll try. I just I, I I told you right that I didn't like interviews before. Yep. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite holiday? <laughs> uh, Halloween. What's your last Halloween costume you remember wearing? Uh, I was. Actually, it's, it was last year. I was with my dog. I thought it was a brilliant idea, and I was wearing, like, a handmade Scooby-Doo um, costume, and I'm so glad that I didn't, you know, share any one of those pictures <laughs> on social media. <laughs> Would you rather climb a mountain or jump from an airplane? 
Oh, climbing mountains. I come, I'm just like, I'm, I'm scared of heights. So I rather, I rather climb than fall. <laughs> That's right. In the movie about your life, the Alex Henry Foster story, what actor would play you? Wow. Oh, that's that's a tough one. Um, well, I like Christian Bell. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah, that's cool. And as my best friend, Jeff, I would say Danny DeVito. So I just hope that you keep that segment <laughs> of the interview. Oh, it's staying. Hi, Jeff. It's staying. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. Oh, I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. You have a time machine for one day. Where and when do you go? Oh, Manchester, 1977, to see the Sex Pistols play oh. that famous gig. All right. Favorite cartoon yeah. growing up? Oh, um, mm, that's a good one. Um, whoa. Spider-Man. All right. Something you hate that everyone else loves? I would say, now that I'm living in America, I would say football. All right. <laughs> love but, it. but I'm learning, guys. I'm learning. I'm learning. Be patient, learning. right? Be patient with him. <laughs> and last but not least, when I go to Morocco, what's one thing I got to eat? Oh, there's so many amazing things. Um, I would say um, chicken tagine. And I promise that... I won't cook anything. I will bring you to the best restaurant <laughs> that I know. You don't want you don't want to you don't want to deal with that. But I I I promise I'll bring you to the best place. He's Alex Henry Foster, new live record and film out April the 16th, Standing Under Bright Lights. Alex, thanks so much for hanging out today. You've been a ton of fun, man. Oh, that's cool. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Behind the Tunes with Austin Black, produced by Grayson Rucker. A special thank you to our sponsor, Visible Music College, a music and worship school that trains and disciples students for the music industry and the church. You can learn more about them at visible.edu. And you can reach the show at behindthetunes at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Be sure to tune in next time as we go Behind the Tunes.